Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Now, please welcome, all the way from the front living room, your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hello guys and welcome to another Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Hi everybody, glad to be back. Glad to be back after our Christmas and New Year break. Can you believe we actually got a break? Well, I don't necessarily think it's a podcast that we need a break from. It's all the editing and getting it out there for everybody. That seems to be the hard part. Yeah, well, we got little young Bryce now, haven't we, doing our editing for us. So if anyone notices there's any shit on it that should shit. have been removed, then you can blame Bryce because he's the one who's going to be recording it from now or, or editing it from now on. He's going to edit out all of our fucking bad language, right? <laughs> oh, that's a point now. He's going to be listening to it all, isn't he? Exactly. He's, he's 15, but he thinks he's older, so it's okay. Yeah, no, he's all right. He's pretty mature. So he's going to be doing that for you. So like I said, if you hear any crap on there, then you can blame him, all right? Yes, he is quite the neophyte. The what? What's a neophyte? A new person at doing something. Oh, really? I've learned something. Why didn't you just say he's a beginner or a noob or a rookie or something like that, neophyte? I don't know. Thought I'd spice it up a little, okay? Gonna be all clever and that. Anyway, guys, Happy New Year to you all. Yes, Happy New Year. We hope that you have a a wonderful, happy and healthy New Year. Before we get into what we're going to do first, we have no New Year's resolutions, do we? Well, we haven't even discussed this, have we? Because no, I haven't got any New Year's resolutions personally, other than the usual, you know, I'm going to try and eat better and exercise more and all that usual sort of crap but no there are some really weird new year's resolutions that i found when i was doing this research yesterday i just happened to come across some new year's resolution stuff and there's some crazy ones like have a waffle every day or hey i like waffles (laughs) yeah but one of them was slap fruit every day why would you want to slap fruit i mean it's quite entertaining i guess you know going through sainsbury's and just you know Can you imagine getting arrested for that? What is that? Fruit assault. Fruit assault, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was an apple. Now it's applesauce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just go in and punch <laughs> the shit out of some blueberries or something like that. Yeah. There are some pretty weird New Year's traditions as well that go on around New Year's Day and New Year's Eve and that go in from the old year into the new year. We have a New Year's tradition, don't we? Ice cream for breakfast. We do. We have ice cream for breakfast every New Year's Day. And yep. this started in America, didn't it? When yep. the first time I was in America with you on New Year's Day, we said, what are we going to do? And we went out into Harford Mall, was it? Yeah, I think it was Bel Air Mall or something. Bel Air Mall, that's what it was. Yeah, and we went there and there was a friendlies there. Yes, which is a food chain, but their best thing is ice cream. Yeah, and so we went into Friendly's and we had ice cream for breakfast. And that, <laughs> from then on, we said every new year, and we haven't missed a new year, have we? Nope. Every new year now we have ice cream. And if we can't go out for it, we get it in. And that's what we did this year. We had Hagen Dars and Ben and Jerry's and by 11 o'clock New Year's Day, we were sick to our stomachs. <laughs> <laughs> it's still fun, although I don't recommend it for anybody who'd been drinking the night before because that might not work out. So well, but yeah, but anyway, maybe we'll start this whole new thing now. People will listen to us and say, you know, we want to do what Shelly and Bella do, yeah, <laughs> and we're gonna have ice cream now for breakfast. Why did we ever pick ice cream for breakfast? I don't know why that was, it just happened. Uh, I don't know, anyway. New Year, so every new year at the end of December in a Peruvian village, people fist fight. Can you believe that? I mean, there's photos of uh, you'll see all of the links as usual, guys, links in the show notes, but there's actually in Peru, there's a village where men and women will go 
out onto the streets and fist fight, beat each other up to settle their differences from the year before. So going forward, they've got a clean slate. Oh man, imagine if you could get away with that. That's awesome. But beating somebody up, that cleans your slate, but so does just bumping them off. In Switzerland, this goes along our sort of thing now, because in Switzerland, they celebrate the new year by dropping ice cream on the floor. Well, hell no. No, well, I would just be laying on the floor and you can drop Uh. it as you go by. (laughs) So in Chile, families spend the night in the company of their deceased loved ones by sleeping at the cemetery. That's pretty cute, but... Can you pitch a tent and everything? Because that that would work. I I could pitch a tent and visit you. Oh, visit me? (laughs) I am on the house. Hold on a minute. Don't bump me off yet. You'll have to do the podcast all on your own. Just think of that, all right? (laughs) Romanian farmers, they try to communicate with their cows. It doesn't say how. I don't know how, but if they succeed, then it might mean that they're going to have good luck for the whole year. And if they communicate with their cow and their cow is unhappy, then they'll just be flattened. Not so good then. Yeah, well, I guess you could communicate with the cow and say, make me some ice cream. He'd be like, move fucking moon away. Thank you. I don't feel like it. I don't want my titties played with today. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard you say that before. I'm not a cow. (laughs) What are you trying to say here? (laughs) Moving on. In Ireland, they hit the walls with bread to get rid of evil spirits. And And then I'll run behind. You can try it. And I'll run behind you with the vacuum and just vacuum up all the crumbs. Yeah. In Estonia, it's all about eating New Year's traditions food. People eat seven times on New Year's Day to ensure abundance in the new year. Ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. In Spain, the New Year's tradition, for good luck, revolves around grapes. If you can manage to stuff 12 grapes in your mouth at midnight, you've achieved good luck for the next year. Grapes, really? Yeah. Now, we haven't got any grapes, but check this out. I have, in this bowl... Some cherry tomatoes, which is the closest thing I could get to grapes. I have never and seen... I am... Wait there. Hang on a minute. There's 12 There's twelve cherry tomatoes in here, pretending to be grapes, okay? Uh, <laughs> and you've got to try and fit all 12 of them in your mouth. Now, you've got a bigger mouth My than me. Mouth. You've got a bigger mouth than me, so it's better for you to be doing this. Okay. So there you go. Take them. Don't you want to do it? Don't no, no. you want to stuff your them in Your mouth there? is much bigger than mine. No, put them in. I can't do no, it. No, go on. 12. 12. I'm going to say I have never now, seen oh. a grape this freaking big. This is... This would be the giant of grapes. Listen, I've been told that Americans do everything big, so... I can't fit all of them in my mouth. You're freaking crazy. Go all on, right, just okay, Just please okay. don't choke, for goodness sake, don't choke. Otherwise, <laughs> that'd be me visiting you in the cemetery. So, if I do this, that means we can move to where? Estonia? Spain. Spain. Yeah. All right. Go on, I'll narrate. I'll commentate. <laughs> Okay. Okay, so the one's gone in. Uh, please, no going to do it. Please don't choke. <laughs> Two is in. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, I wish I could take a foot. I'm going to tweet this out. Come on. I can't do all 12. <laughs> Make them feel like a hamster. Come on. <laughs> Three. You can get bigger than grapes. <laughs> okay, she said these are bigger than grapes. There's four. <laughs> Okay, I think that's about it. I think don't put those back in the same bowl. <laughs> well, she managed four cherry tomatoes, guys. So these her, are not her these luck are, sucks these look for next way year. Way bigger than cherries. All right. Well, I, I don't know even they if are. even if they're twice the size, you only fitted eight in Here of the go. twelve. No, I'm not putting those in. <laughs> so anyway, yes. 
In Spain, 12 grapes in your mouth at midnight, you've achieved good luck for the year. So in the Philippines, it's about cash, and they believe that everything should be round so as to represent coins and bring wealth. So they have that day, round food, round clothes, anything as long as it's round. I would definitely can't move there. No. I don't think it's ever been mentioned on here, but I have a square fetish. Yes, you do. So, no. I would prefer notes rather than coins. Thank you very much, because I can do rectangles and I can do squares. Sorry, I was eating a cherry tomato. Uh-huh. Um, Let me see if I can stuff one up your nostril. In South American countries, <laughs> wearing coloured underwear will determine your fate for the new year. So red underwear means you'll find love, gold, wealth, white, peace, etc., etc. What if you wear brown underwear? <laughs> <laughs> then it's just shit, <laughs> isn't it? It's a shit new what year. What colour have I got on? I don't even know. What colour? Blue. Oh man, no blue. No. No good uh, luck for us in South Africa. Or no, South, in America. South Africa. So, yeah, uh, there's <laughs> someone who was listening. <laughs> I don't know what you guys did for your New Year, but if you did anything crazy, let us know. We played Cards Against Humanity. Cards Against Humanity. That was absolutely crazy. I can't believe that I had a card that said Queen Elizabeth's Immaculate Anus. <laughs> Well, you guys who haven't played Cards Against Humanity, you've got to get it. <laughs> so funny. The The idea of it is, is you, you get a black card and then that's the sort of question, if you like, and it has blank spaces in it and everyone then has got a load of white cards which has quotes on it or, or sentences on it which would fit inside that blank. Or just really weird. There are some crazy, crazy things in there. It's really funny. And listen. Don't play with anyone under the age of teenage years, no, whatever no, you do. No, no, no. Hey, well, you might not be able to play it with people that are too young, but we did see on Gogglebox, an older episode of it, the two little old ladies playing Cards Against Humanity. They got some, they come out with some crazy shit, those two old ladies. Yeah, what did she say? Something, something, something about her vagina. I, I, no, it's, it's something about <laughs> her virginity. Yeah, or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Anyway. This show, uh, you've led us on nicely from vagina there and virginity. This show <laughs> is all about sex with ghosts. Yes, you heard us right, sex with ghosts. If you're not already versed on the topic of sexual demons and ghosts, you'll be shocked to learn how many people report being molested and having sex with these supernatural beings. I wonder if you can get pregnant by having sex with a ghost. Well, it's funny you should say that because people do report of actually getting pregnant by these ghosts. Yeah, or a drunken night and they forgot. Mm -hmm. I was reading one that was on Reddit, which I'm not going to include because it was a bit too violent, I think, for this show. Okay, I'm not going into I'm not going into the details of it. Right. Okay. But this woman said that she was with her partner and absolutely have a loving relationship and everything. And then this one night when he was out of town or whatever, she ended up getting raped essentially by this ghost. But that halfway through the act, it turned into her ex boyfriend. Okay, then. So that's a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. We do not condone rape. We don't, no, uh, no, you not. know, that part's not funny or, or anything like that. No, but, but turning into her ex-boyfriend makes you wonder how much of this is excuses and really happened and how much of it didn't. So there's loads of confessions and articles over the internet of, about people who've had these kind of encounters. I found a load of them on Rebel Circus, and again, I'll include this link within the show notes. Rebel Circus, that's such it's a, a pretty cool, cool website cool webpage, name. Yeah. <laughs> So you've heard about the incubus and succubus? Well, I have, but I'm sort of demented, so... Okay, <laughs> so an incubus, according to mythology.net, is a lusty male demon 
who satisfies his sexual urges by attacking women while they sleep. These creatures might seem laughable, but they're actually quite dangerous since they can cause unwanted pregnancies or even death. Okay. (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. You wouldn't be God's child. You wouldn't be the devil's child, like if a woman gave birth to it. So what the heck would you be? Demon child. Incubus Ozzy has just... (laughs) (laughs) That's your father. Yeah, I wonder if you could get child support. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Contact the child support agency and say, look, just just send it to hell. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he'll pay up. <laughs> Physical description. Uh, like many mythological villains, Incubi have been glamorized in recent decades, and today they appear as young men with perfectly etched muscles, powerful wings, long suggestive tails. But in the past, these nocturnal fiends were far from attractive. The original Incubi were small creatures with faces like a monkey or a gargoyle. They usually had dark skin or fur claws, horns and bat-like wings. When they weren't flying through the dead of night, they crawled, climbed and sat in hunched positions. Unsurprisingly, they also had exaggerated genitals. Big surprise, huh? (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) Are you ready for my big surprise? (laughs) So they're famous for their insatiable lust. These demons are also so sex-crazed that their human partners can literally die of exhaustion after too many midnight trysts. Incubi can also be violent. Many victims describe the demons sitting on their chest or covering their mouth so they couldn't breathe. Sitting on the chest thing is a lot like the sleep paralysis stuff that we covered right at the start I had, of our I had a, a episode not that long ago now, a couple nights ago, where I couldn't move and I woke you up in the middle of the night making weird noises. You wake me up every night making weird noises. Mm. No comment. Let's go. They're usually... Ah... <laughs> <laughs> uh. So when an incubus arrives to have his way with a woman, he takes precautions to prevent her from interfering. He doesn't put on a condom or anything. It's not, excuse me a minute while I just roll this on. (laughs) He's not trying to keep her from getting pregnant. He's trying to keep her from interfering. Yeah, exactly. So he might put her in a trance so that she's unable to wake up or paralyze her so completely she can't even cry out for help. That's actually really scary. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like the whole... Rohypnol? Yeah, is like that? a Rohypnol talk, mm. the super, supernatural Rohypnol they're hitting you with. Mm, that's really scary. During the encounter, um, the incubus may try and impregnate the woman. Interestingly, the incubus itself is incapable of reproducing, so it uses sperm collected from a human male. Now, what the fuck is going on there? Genetic engineering. No, hold on a minute, how? So, the incubus goes and wanks off a man first, and then goes and... Has sex with a woman? I don't know. I don't know. If the woman gives birth to a child, it will be a cambion, a human with some magical or demonic abilities. So you, you're not going to be able to go to the CSA and complain about the demon because it wasn't his sperm. Because the DNA it test wasn't is going to shit. It yeah. wasn't me. Yeah. Try to prove it. Yeah, so if you think about that situation where I was saying about that one that I read on Reddit where she said it was her ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. was that something to do with it? Was she actually seeing her ex-boyfriend's face because maybe the demon collected the sperm He hypnotized her or whatever from... also could have made her... Don't know. Some legends claim that the incubus is also able to change its sex. It appears in a female shape called a succubus to attack human men and collect their sperm. So there we go, there's the answer. Then so... it changes back into a male shape to attack and impregnate the human woman. Well, that's just wonderful. The male one, he gets to be called an incubus and the woman... She gets to be called a succubus. Maybe because she sucks the sperm out of the man. Yeah, I bet you there's a lot of men wishing that, but continue. (laughs) 
So the origin, cultures all over the world of uh, sexually driven demons. Native Amazonian people believe in the Boto, a pink river dolphin that turns into a male sex maniac at night. Hold on, I thought there really are pink dolphins. There, there are for real pink dolphins. I have not seen them on Blue Planet. I don't care. Look it up on the wonderful thing called the internet. For real, there are things called pink dolphins. Okay, I've been and they, and they don't and they're not actually in like the they're in uh, like a river. I start well, to mix. the river dolphins. These are so it's in rivers. Right. Well, I want you to look it up and see because I swear I even saw them on TV. Okay. When they were swimming. Okay. Come when on. When they were swimming. When they were out at Starbucks. Uh. <laughs> Okay, so I'll start that again. So native Amazonian people believe in the Boto, a pink river dolphin that turns into a male sex maniac at night, while Chilean people believe in the Trauco, a dwarf who seduces young virgins. Swedish people tell stories of a nocturnal horse which rides on its victims' chests at night, while the Germanic neighbours fear the Alp, who sits on young women. In South Africa, the Tokolosh stalks virgin women. The first written record of an incubus appears in none other than the epic of Gilgamesh, widely considered to be the first work of fiction ever written. In Gilgamesh, the hero's father is described as a lilu, a magical being who impregnates women while they're asleep. All right, so moving on from an incubus, now we can talk about the succubus, which is the one that probably most of the guys really care about anyway. Well, no, it's just equal opportunities, you know. Oh, is that, is that okay? The succubus is smart, sexy, and potentially deadly. She's not a demon to be underestimated. She's a powerful seductress who loves nothing more than to toy with men, and although she might seem fun at first, you wouldn't want to make her angry. Well, you wouldn't want to make any woman angry, I don't think. Yeah, tell me about it. (laughs) Today, the word succubus conjures up voluptuous images... Women with long, wavy hair, silky skin, and flawless curves. They wear skimpy leather costumes, awesome, to flaunt their bodies, and they don't try to hide the telltale signs of their demonic nature. Bat wings, barbed tails, curved horns, and glowing eyes are all common among most succubi. But these she-demons weren't always so glamorous. From the dawn of their legend well through the medieval ages, succubi were considered hideous, deformed creatures. You wonder why. They were somewhat smaller than an average person, and they stooped and crawled instead of walking upright. Their feet were like raptors. Uh, A raptor is a bird of prey, isn't it? Oh, right, because I'm thinking, how can a foot look look like a whole dinosaur? I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere she goes, there's like a glass of water that's like... (laughs) Their faces are like gargoyles, and their fingers tipped in ragged claws. Now, the succubi of today are are quite different than the ancient legends. The she-demons of today have intense charisma and seductive power to match their good looks. They're clever creatures, like, because, yeah, they're women, (laughs) who can tantalize men with their words as much as their bodies. They can be domineering and vengeful if they're slighted, but they ultimately take pride in their ability to please and manipulate men. See, I'm not seeing a downside yet. <laughs> oh, nice. The ancestors of today's succubi, on the other hand, had personalities as nasty as their looks. They were sneaky, controlling, malicious, and despite being sex-crazed, they had no interest in pleasing men. Instead, they used sex for their own purposes, to please themselves, to corrupt the pious, and to gain 
life force or even to have children. So have they really changed or is it just now that modern culture is that, hey, I'm going to tell a story about having sex with this crazy paranormal thing? Do you see what I mean? Legend in the old days or myth in the old days would have been, oh, this crazy thing. They're evil. They're and... evil, et cetera, et cetera. But these days it's like, hey, you know, I'm a bad, I'm bad. You know, I had she's sex with evil. a demon last night. Well, well, either that or she's just become more cunning and realizes that if she's prettier looking and more willing to please not just herself but the guy, she probably can have more sex. They had there was one famous succubi, wasn't it, called Lingus, I believe. She was very cunning. Aha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go on. Carry Don't on. quit your day job. <laughs> <laughs> Lilith was perhaps the most famous seductress of all time. She's known as the mother of all succubi. She appears in Sumerian, Egyptian, Greek, Roman, Judaic, and Christian mythology. Lilith first appeared in Sumerian culture as a goddess of fertility and witchcraft. Later, the Assyrians and Babylonians associated her with dark demons. The Greeks gave Lilith an extensive backstory. She was a beautiful woman who Hera transformed into a monster after her beauty attracted Zeus's roving eye. In her new monstrous form, Lilith roamed the world seducing men and eating babies. Okay, Ugh. then. That's not... That's disgusting. Um, I suppose we do that with eating eggs, don't we, really? I suppose. Although it's And veal. Yeah. And I don't know what you would call, like... Well, lamb. Yeah, yeah. But do you eat baby lamb or is it adult lamb who's given shit wool? <laughs> no, baby and adult lamb is sheep. Lamb is lamb. Oh, yeah. And, ad- <laughs> <laughs> and when you eat an old, when you eat a sheep, it's called mutton. They don't call it sheep, which is why you don't see sheep in the, in the butcher. <laughs> you make me laugh. <laughs> Carry on. You said to me the other day, right? How come it's that I sound <laughs> stupid on the podcast? You've just answered that. But I'm really not stupid. You're not. I'm You're just... actually a very intelligent woman. Yes. You don't come across it on here, but you are. Oh, well. <laughs> you just had your hair blonded again, see? So it's your own fault. Uh, okay. Judeo-Christian mythology also put their own spin on Lilith's legend. They described her as Adam's first wife, created at the same time as him. Unlike Eve, Lilith was no meek partner. She refused to honor Adam as her leader. Instead, she went off exploring on her own and discovered the Red Sea, where hordes of demons live. So she's a bit of a feminist then. So she's roving around in a leather cat suit with her hairy armpits and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> but she does not eat apples. Yeah. <laughs> The rebellious... But she can fit 12 grapes in her mouth, though, I bet. I could probably fit 12 grapes. We're going to try that later on. Not jumbo freaking plum cherries or whatever. They, they were not um, they were not little uh, tomatoes. The rebellious woman found that she liked the demons more than Adam, so she mated with them and began bearing Lilum at the rate of more than 100 per day. So what the heck was God doing up there? So Lilim, L-I-L-I-M, is her, her offspring, I guess. Her, uh, yeah, I her guess Her and so. the demon's offspring. Um, these Lilim were out in the world as demons, some of them as sexy and independent as their mother. These became the succubi. 
So she started it all, just like Eve started it all. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just not even right. Female sex demons have been around since the dawn of folklore. They can be found in cultures all over the world. India has the Yakshini. Arabia has the Quarinha. Native Americans have the Deer Woman. China has the Mogwai. Mogwai? Kremlins! No way! And Greece has Lamia. It's impossible to know which of these legends came first. Most likely, they all evolved separately around the same time. That's one of the things that really interests me, is that if you look at ancient peoples, like the Incas and all that sort of stuff around the world, you'll see that they all, almost at the same sort of times, developed their technology at the same times, and yet intercontinental travel wasn't possible. Yeah, so it was all, but it's weird because everybody sort of has the same kernel of a story, but then it... Yeah, exactly, and and it's how does that all marry together? There must have been something travelling intercontinentally to be able to pass on the same myths, the same legends, the same technologies. Well, either that or people have the same sort of ideas, but then... They evolve in the it, same way, if you... Yeah, right. and, but then they obviously are going to add on because unless the Incas and the Aztecs sat there with a little hammer and chisel and stuff, they had to speak it, didn't they? It's not like people just wrote everything down back then. Yeah, but then. what I'm saying is is you've got the Incas and the Aztecs and everything, South America, but then you've got the Egyptians, and they were all... There's pyramids. There's Aliens. Well, Aliens exactly. have done it. The word succubus is a combination of Latin words meaning to lie down. It first appears in medieval English. By the late 15th century, these she-demons were well-known and often discussed by theologians who tried to explain their origin, their ability to reproduce, etc. Well, later, succubi popped up in witch hunts, and women who tried to seduce men were often accused of being succubi in disguise, while women who became pregnant outside of wedlock were accused of consorting with incubi. Rather than the Salem witch trials... That we had in the States, you've got the... the Salem bitch yeah. trials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> During the Renaissance and Romantic period, interest in grotesque, subversive female demons declined. Instead, artists shifted their attention to the Greece's Lamia, who was both beautiful and unfairly cursed. It wasn't until the rise of the Gothic literature that succubi began to reclaim the spotlight, but they still changed from their original form being the more beautiful and intelligent. Anyway. They become they, more beautiful and intelligent. They're cleaning up the gene pool, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they've, they've appeared in lots of works of fiction. Stephen King, Orson Scott Card, Jonathan Stroud, Stephanie Meyer. They've all had... Books. Books out with these kind of themes in them. So a woman has claimed that she had amazing sex with the ghost of a 19th century man while she was living alone in a remote cottage. Always while they're alone. Is there's, no, there's no one there to sort of corroborate it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Sean Jameson said that she'd first spotted the man in a historic painting which had been placed above the fireplace at the property. The 26-year-old had left behind her life in London and moved to a cottage in Aberystwyth, which is in Wales for those people who don't know, after breaking up with her boyfriend of three years. Sean said, everywhere I went reminded me of my ex. I needed a fresh start. Describing the property she moved into, she told Wales Online that the owner had even left books and paintings. One painting in particular caught my eye. It was above the mantelpiece in the main room and was of a handsome young man dated around 1820. A writer, 
She said that being in the countryside inspired her. It was great, no distractions, just me and the trees and the sky and, and that painting. Yeah. I was paying my rent by doing bits and bobs and little bits of copywriting and because I didn't want much in the countryside, I managed okay. I enjoyed the peace after a long relationship. Being on my own was quite exhilarating. I started to wonder whether I even wanted a man in my life again. She began having erotic dreams. I'd wake up thinking I was still in a relationship and she said I was quite relieved to find myself alone. A few months after I'd moved in, I woke early one morning and found a dark-haired, very good-looking young man lying next to me. He was fully clothed in a loose white shirt, a neck scarf and an old-fashioned breeches. He had a kind of shimmer to him as if he was behind a fluttering voile curtain. I told myself I was dreaming and rolled away from him. As I faced the wall, I slowly realised I wasn't asleep and suddenly I was frozen with fear. I felt a hand on my waist, but the touch was strange, light and cool. She said she knew instinctively that he was a ghost and that she'd recognised him from the man in the painting. We started to make love. Yeah, because that's the first thing you would do. Guy yeah. comes out of the painting and that's the first thing you're going to think to do, isn't it? I'm yeah, gonna, I know, right? I'm going to shag his brains out. <laughs> See, he could have popped out of the painting and I'd have peed my pants, so that would have been the end of it. He'd be like, ew. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> she says he was very gentle and stroked my body tenderly. During the lovemaking, I sensed all kind of things about him. His name, Robert, and when he lived, over a hundred years ago. We didn't speak. It was as if all the communicating with me was telepathic. His body was soft and light. Even when he moved on top of me, pressing down, he almost felt weightless. It was very strange, but the sex was amazing. I was totally perplexed about what had happened. In fact, I started to wonder whether it happened at all. In the end, I told myself it was just a very vivid dream and put it to the back of my mind. Good good choice. Yeah. Yeah. What about the stains on the... Oh, forget that. Oh. <laughs> a spiritualist Sean has always believed in ghosts and claims to have seen apparitions before, but none of them had ever got intimate with her. Again, he appeared in the morning. We made love again. But this time, afterwards, I watched him get up, get dressed and leave the room. Because apparently demons have to do that. Yeah. You know, get and where up, did he go? Did he, just, did he just start running to the picture and He, he went off to through? work. He works at demon camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is like a little... Um, <laughs> it's like Disney World for demons. <laughs> I was expecting to hear his footsteps on the wooden stairs, but there was no sound. I watched him through the open bedroom door and saw him kind of fade as he approached the top of the stairs. Well, of course he did. This time she didn't go back to sleep. She got up and followed, but Robert was gone. It's a bit of a weird name in it for a, for a you know, incubus. Suck, yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Incubus Robert. Bob, you know. <laughs> he appeared one more time after that, Sean recalled. It was night time and I was just drifting off to sleep. All of a sudden, the duvet slid off me and I could feel the cool hand running up my thigh under my nightshirt. Sean said she knew he wouldn't be back. I sobbed after he left that night, she confesses. I guess I'd fallen in love. She said she couldn't stop thinking about him. So he fucked her and left. What a I know, bastard. a three-night hey. stand instead of a one-night stand. I guess yeah. that makes it, what, two-thirds better than a oh, lot of men? You know, <laughs> demon bastard. I tried to find out more about him by searching online. So these demons have got an online presence, apparently. Yeah, www.facebook.com and then search for Robert the Incubus. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, he's got it on his iPhone, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to that. I tried to find more about him by searching online. Although I found a painting of a young man who looked very much like him by a 19th century French artist, I didn't really get anywhere. She told a couple of close friends about what she'd experienced. That was a mistake, she admitted. 
you think? They looked at me as if I was mad. Mm -hmm. So I just laughed it off, said something about eating too much cheese before bed, then kept quiet after that. Maybe she had a little bit of wine with the cheese. Cause <laughs> yeah. Sean is now in a relationship with a living man, which is always nice, isn't it? I know, and he'd be all like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, isn't that good? In the-? No, no. Yeah, yeah, Robert, yeah. the incubus, did it better, sorry. Yeah, yeah not as good as him. <gasps> when I first told him about Robert, he thought it was funny. <laughs> he reckons it was just a dream, but I know it wasn't a dream. It was real, and the sex was good, if not better than any sex I've ever had. Just don't tell my boyfriend that. Because you just have. Yeah, she just put it. This was in a national <laughs> newspaper, by the way. So, sorry. And she even puts her full name in there as well. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Psychotherapist Tina Radzicerich says, although the experience of making love with the ghost felt very real to Sean, the spectre sex always happened either early in the morning or late at night while she was just waking up or nodding off. Yes, because that's... When you, um, you're you in that sort of... Hypnagogic state, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. It is well known that particular types of hallucinations occur during transition from wakefulness to sleep or from sleep to wakefulness. Such hallucinations can be extremely vivid and bizarre and can include tactile, visual and auditory feelings. These hallucinations are more common in young adults and women and certainly other drugs, prescribed or illegal, make them more likely. Like dreams, the subject of hypnagogic or hypnopompic hallucination can often be something that's been on your mind. Stress, anxiety, depression and trauma can make people more likely and prone to this form of hallucination. Given that Shan's feelings of breaking up with her boyfriend were so strong that she felt the need to leave London and isolate herself in the country, that suggests she was struggling with a lot of difficult emotions. And finally, Shan says ghostly Robert was a gentle, tender lover. After a bad breakup, who doesn't feel a strong need to be soothed and cared for? I believe her dream lover represented the fulfilment of that wish. Maybe that's why he went away after a while, because maybe she was starting to sort of... Yeah, but then she was gutted again. She was rebound sex, that's all she had. Ghostly rebound sex at that. But parapsychologists believe that some ghosts do have the power to get quite physical. Ghost hunter and author of the book Ghost Sex, The Violation, G.L. Davis, says... No one knows what motivates ghosts to have sex with the living. Are we like lab rats to them? Yeah, I don't think we're like lab rats. I'm not aware of any of these cosmetic companies who fuck the rats. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? You're funny. He looks so good in that lipstick, that rat, I'm going to fuck it blind. (laughs) Come home with a furry knob, my wife says to you. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Oh, I left the rat on there, sorry. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> Natasha Blasek, the star of Paranormal Activity 2, she's come forward to talk about her sexual experiences with ghosts. But gee, I wonder where this came from. She was like in Paranormal Activity 2. In an interview on UK's This Morning Show and quoted in the New York Daily News, Blasek described her paranormal paramour. I could feel that someone was touching me and that the hands were pushing me against my will and I couldn't feel the weight of the body on top of me. I couldn't see anybody, but I could feel the pressure, the energy, the warmth pushing into different directions. While many might consider this sort of experience terrifying, Blasek described it as really pleasurable and was delighted when the unseen entity made a return visit a month later. 
So during the month hiatus, he probably went and, you know, had a fling. A history of supernatural sex claiming to have sexy time with ghosts is rare, but not unheard of. In his book, The Terror That Comes in the Night, folklorist David J. Hufford estimates that about 15% of people experience being assaulted in their sleep by an unknown entity at some point in their lives, often with a sexual element. In a 2012 radio interview with Ryan Seacrest, pop star Kesha talked about the inspiration for her song Supernatural, which involved having sexy time with a ghost. Reports of supernatural lovers can be found in folklore dating back to thousands of years. In his book, Satanism Today, James R. Lewis, professor of religious studies at the University of Wisconsin, notes that while condemned to hell, Thomas Aquinas asserted that demons would float in the air until the day of judgment in the form of incubi, male demons, and succubi, female demons. Aquinas believed that demons could seduce human beings, particularly in the dream state. He further speculated that should a succubi conceive after having intercourse with a man, the result would be a giant like the Nephilim mentioned in Genesis chapter 6 verse 4. Others believe that the succubus is neither ghost nor demon, but instead a fairy. Folklorist Carol Silver, writing in Strange and Secret Peoples, Fairies in Victorian Consciousness, writes of a particularly evil type of fairy, the Lianan She of Ireland and the Isle of Man, a figure that fascinated William Butler Yeats, among others, that simultaneously embodies the male fear of the female as dominating and anarchic, and widespread anxiety about women as parasites. Best known of the Manx fairies, she is really a succubus, draining the life and energy of the man to whom she attaches herself. For many, this is not merely myth, but instead a very real experience. Silver describes one supposedly real-life account of one brazen Leanne and she in 1898, who followed a farmer right into his house and was thought by the man to be his wife. Puzzled when she did not answer his questions, he asked his actual wife if she saw the fairy woman, at which, with a hideous grin, the she walked right through the door and vanished. While it's impossible to know what exactly Keisha and Blasek and others experience, some psychological phenomenon can give the impression of a sexual ghostly lover. These experiences, sometimes scary, sometimes sexy, but always realistic to the person experiencing them, are the result of normal brain misperceptions and illusions. Often, the sexual feeling happens late at night in bed, instead of, for example, while commuting or raking leaves. That would that would be really unfortunate, wouldn't it? You know, you're in the middle of a driving through town and yeah. suddenly, you know, you've got a succubus in the car Mm-mm. who's trying to get jiggy with you. <laughs> Many people feel these sensations either while they're sleeping or going in or out of sleep. Psychologists know that this is a time when people are vulnerable to common and harmless hallucinations, including sexual experiences. Few people who are visited by these seductive spectres complain about it. So if you experience it, there's little to fear. Other than your wife finding out. Or your husband. Or your gay lover. (laughs) I wonder if there's gay... Incubi, succubi. What would they be called? Bicubi. No, that would be both. (laughs) Bicubus. Bicubus. Instead of bicurious, it'd be bicurious. 
So there's a story here of Ew, a Wales demon. Yeah, it's a horrible picture, isn't it? That is nasty. A family in Wales claims to have started experiencing visits from a demon after their son summoned it with a Ouija board. He would get fucking grounded, wouldn't Those he? Those damn Ouija boards, I'm I know. telling you. <laughs> the demon appeared to each member of the family as a blue small devil figure with a tail. The demon would appear to the child and molest the mother sexually while causing the husband to beat his wife in his sleep. Can you believe... (laughs) So, rather than the demon going, harder, harder, yeah, call me your daddy, call me... (laughs) And all that sort of stuff, the demon's actually doing the mother and getting the father to beat the mother while he's doing it. That's not very nice. That's ridiculous, isn't it? The family paid a ghost hunter to rid the house of the ghost, but it was discovered that there was actually three ghosts in the house instead of one. The hunter was only able to get rid of two of them. So I don't know what happened to the other one. They don't even mention what the other one does or doesn't do. A blogger named Dr. Intimacy, who blogs about paranormal topics, says, I know by virtue of my own experience that they exist. According to Dr. Intimacy, they manifest themselves in your conscious mind and cause you to experience all of the stimulation and physical feelings that take place during intercourse or sexual stimulation and physical feelings that take place during intercourse of sexual contact with a physical person. That was one long fucking sentence. I know, right? I'd take two breaths. They're often violent and will attack you, beating, choking, or restraining you. Think of them as an extremely abusive partner or a rapist, and you will soon start to get a picture of what these spirits are all about. Many people use the anonymity of sites like Yahoo and Reddit to share their experiences. One poster, who goes by Phil, commented, I started waking up around 3am and started hearing like whispers around me. At first I assumed perhaps a TV left on and would eventually fall back to sleep. But little by little, as the days went by, things got worse. Things started falling down in my room. My TV would turn on randomly and I felt like I was being attacked. Eventually it started happening every night and eventually I would wake up at 3am. I started having this dream about this same woman. The dream is very vivid every time. It's a blonde in red lingerie. She's very attractive and in the dream we're having sex. It feels real and at the end I usually ejaculate in her. But when I wake up I'm not wet or anything like a wet dream. So maybe that is just a dream though. You know, he might have a poltergeist or something in there or something messing around. Is it a succubus? I don't know. Surprisingly, many of the people who report being molested by ghosts are men who report being attacked by male ghosts. Oh, so there are gay ones. Well, there we go. Another poster said, I don't want to get into too much detail about what had happened to me, but I'm a guy and I was raped by a ghost that I'm absolutely certain was a guy. And believe me when I say, it was a very humiliating thing to experience. Please don't laugh at me, and please don't say I'm crazy or something. I'm not making any of this up. Wow. Well, we haven't got the actual story here. That was just a comment that was on there, and that's pretty bad, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, because, you know, if you think about it, even if it was a dream, sometimes dreams are so real. I mean, you know, I, I can understand why people would feel really violated whether it was something that truly happened or something that they dreamt i mean one reddit poster relays a unique experience with a sexual ghost she was experimenting with paranormal photography 
and taking photos in the graveyard. She decided to try summoning the ghosts to get a good photo. <laughs> it's like, like a wedding photographer. Isn't it? Can you all stand over there? We'll have yeah, so and so yeah. guests over here and so and so family over there. And... Here, ghosty, ghosty, ghosty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she started to whisper, Come to me. And soon she felt a finger lightly tickling down her back. That night, when she was sleeping, she felt the same feeling a light tickle on her arm. It repeated again the next day in her car, only this time it was a circular motion to the palm of her hand. The touching continued for days, and before long it became more sexual. The ghostly touch started to appear on her breasts and her crotch. She says she named the ghost Chester the Molester. She said she felt unable to tell her friends because they would think she was crazy. No, she was crazy the moment she fucking named it. Well, and asked them to come so she could take a picture of them. Yeah. I mean, if someone really was a molester, something like that, would you give it a a rhyming name? Do you know what I mean you're, well, you're I don't molesting know, me, so I'm going to call you Chester the molester? Yeah, I don't know, but that we doesn't ring true to me. We don't think that it's a funny sort of thing. No, no, but that's so... that's my point. I mean, you don't hear, you know, Jack the Ripper, for instance. We didn't call him sort of like you Jack know, the Hack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then she started to lose sleep. She felt like every time she tried to fall asleep, the ghost wouldn't let her. Soon, the molestation became more intense and her openness to the paranormal only fueled the experience. One night, I felt this touch run down my body and before I knew it, I felt a pulsation of tingling energy down there, moving in and out of my crotch. I was a little scared, but my curiosity kind of got the better of me and I sort of decided to go with it. After all, who else could say that they slept with a ghost? If nothing else, it's an experience. That's why she called it Chester Molester, because she's not. She wasn't she's afraid, not of, afraid it. of it. So I lay there and let it do its thing. It was sort of pleasurable in a weird, creepy way. I discovered that I would ask it to touch me here or touch me there, and it responded. After letting it in that one time that night, it literally raped me all the time. Is it rape, though? Yeah, because now to... she's consenting. So again, I couldn't sleep a wink. I began to feel drained of all my energy all the time. I felt weak and tired constantly. I began to get flashes of images in my brain at night while trying to sleep. An old house and a face of a fat guy. An old, ugly man. That I could only assume he was sending me. Things just kept getting creepier and creepier all of the time. Well, this reminds me of a movie that I saw a long time ago came out in 1982 and it was called The Entity. Oh, that was the most frightening movie I still think to this day. Uh, I mean, I've watched hundreds probably of horror movies and it, the movie really scared me. And one of the things that I can remember so much about it, which is crazy, was just the music in the background. Oh, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, because that music in itself was not scary but it is the thing that I remember the most when, you know... It's funny, they do... They, I've seen shows before where they've changed the music, and there's some on YouTube as well, where you can see where they play a clip twice. One has got, like, a nice flowery sort of, like, light music attached to it, and another one has got creepy music attached to it. And they're exactly the same scene, and they take on totally, totally different vibes based yeah. upon the the sound that goes along with it so i think the the people who did the music score for that particular yeah. movie were absolutely amazing because yeah and the thing is is that music starts a lot of the time before anything starts happening yes yeah, so like you... when she's in the bath that scene when she's in the bath and you start to hear the music 
and you just think, oh, shit, here it comes. But for yeah, those people you... that don't know about the story, just tell them what the, the movie's roughly about. Well, it's about a woman who is, you know, visited by this entity who wants to have sex with her all the time. And then she goes, and I believe she spoke to, it was a psychologist or a psychiatrist or... Yeah. Paris, like, uh, you know, I can't remember what his actual role was in the movie, but he believes her, you know, and he tries to help her. And uh... It's actually supposed to partially be based on a true story, which makes it even more frightening. It was played by Barbara Hershey, wasn't it? Yeah, she the, was. The, the, the actual yeah. um, thing. The most frightening thing about this movie, I find, is that you can't see the entity that's doing the stuff to her, but you can see like imprints pressure on her body mm. where this thing is grabbing her and touching her. And at one point, She's attacked in front of her kids, yeah. you know, and it's just unbelievably frightening. So, yeah, that movie is just one of the most frightening movies I've ever seen. So we're pretty much coming to the end of this episode. Um, yeah. Can I just say, before we finish it, there is this whole thing that we've been talking about with people like, for instance, that woman who moved from somewhere in England over to Aberystwyth, in, from London to Aberystwyth, and she was interested in this ghost. So there is this thing called spectrophilia, and that is a sexual attraction to ghosts or sexual arousal from images in mirrors, as well as the phenomenon of sexual encounters between ghosts and humans. So spectrophilia, word mm. to remember, eh? And there's fetish and everything. I mean, yeah, know, people really... Just finally, guys, from both of us here, we don't condone anything regarding rape or violence in sex, okay? So if you're going to do it with people, do it with people that are consenting and have fun and enjoy. Please. We, we just thought the topic was interesting because, you know, it is... Because there are people that say they have sex with ghosts and, and they enjoy like it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So aside of that, yeah, you know where we're coming from anyway. And with that, have you got a funny to leave us with, as usual? Of course I do. Go on then. A visiting professor at Florida State University is given a seminar on the supernatural. To get a feel for his audience, he asks, how many people here believe in ghosts? About 90 students raise their hands. Well, that's a good start. Out of those of you who believe in ghosts, do any of you think you've ever seen a ghost? About 40 students raise their hands. That's really good. I'm really glad you, you take this seriously. Has anyone here ever talked to a ghost? 15 students raise their hands. That's a great response. Has anyone here ever touched a ghost? Three students raise their hands. That's fantastic. But let me ask you one question further. Have any of you ever made love to a ghost? One student in the back raises his hand. The professor is astonished. He takes off his glasses, takes a step back and says, Son, all the years I've been given this lecture, no one has ever claimed to have slept with a ghost. You've got to come up here and tell us about your experience. The redneck student replies with a nod and grin and begins to make his way up to the podium. The professor says, Well, tell us what it's like to have sex with a ghost. The student replies, Ghost? Damn, from back there, I thought you said goats. Goats? Goats. I'm not sure that's much better, but there you go. Yeah. Oh, I wonder whether it was a nanny goat. Uh, all old and crusty. I don't know. That's <laughs> disgusting. Still, I'm not, well, I'm not even sure. Is that a step up from a ghost or is a ghost a step up, a step up from a goat? <laughs> I don't know, but the goat may be horny. <laughs> Bye, you guys. See you guys. Take it easy. <laughs>